I am Jack, a park ranger responsible for ensuring the safety of visitors and the preservation of our natural environment. But my latest task was to escort a group of scientists into a remote part of the park to study a rare and mysterious species of plant. The journey to the research site was long and arduous, and we had to cross several rivers and steep cliffs. The plant was said to have unique properties that could be used to develop new medicines and treatments for various diseases. I was excited to be part of such an important scientific endeavor, but little did I know that it would be a journey of horror and terror. When we arrived at the research site, I noticed the plant was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and had a deep crimson color with sharp thorns along its stem. The scientists, including Dr. Sarah, Dr. John, and Dr. Lee, were thrilled at the prospect of studying it. As they began their research, they discovered that the plant had powerful and dangerous properties. It could cause hallucinations, and those who consumed it could experience strange and terrifying visions. However, the scientists were not deterred and continued to conduct their experiments. But as the days went by, we began to notice that something was off. The forest around us became eerily quiet, and the animals disappeared. The only sound we could hear was the sound of our own breathing and the rustling of the leaves in the wind. One evening, as we were preparing to sleep, we heard a loud and disturbing noise coming from the forest. It sounded like a human scream, but it was mixed with an unearthly growl. We were all frightened, but we tried to brush it off as just a wild animal in the forest. But the next morning, we discovered something that would change everything. One of the scientists, Dr. Lee, was missing. We searched the entire area, but there was no trace of him. His tent was empty and his equipment was scattered around the site. We began to realize that we were being hunted by something that wanted to keep the plant's secrets hidden at all costs. We could feel its presence in the forest, watching us, waiting for the perfect moment to strike. The atmosphere around us became increasingly tense, and we were all on edge. We tried to stay together and keep our wits about us, but the fear was overwhelming. We had no idea what we were up against. As the days went on, more and more of us began to disappear. The creature that was hunting us was becoming bolder, and we could hear it moving closer to our camp every night. We were running out of time, and we knew we had to find a way out of there before it was too late. One night, as we were preparing to defend ourselves against the creature, we heard a strange noise coming from the plant. It was a low humming sound, and it seemed to be coming from deep within the stem. The scientists were intrigued, but I knew we had to get out of there. We began to pack our gear and prepare to leave when suddenly the creature attacked. It was a massive creature, with glowing eyes and sharp claws. It moved with incredible speed, and we were no match for it. In the chaos, I grabbed the plant and fled. I knew that it was our only hope of understanding what had happened and what was at stake. The plant hummed in my arms, and I could feel its power. As I made my way back to civilization, I could feel the creature's presence behind me but I kept running. I knew that I had to get this plant to safety, no matter what it took. In the end, I made it back to civilization, but the memory of that night still haunts me. The plant was studied extensively, and it was discovered that it had mind-altering properties. It could induce hallucinations and manipulate one's perception of reality. It was a powerful substance, but it came at a great cost. The scientists who were with me never made it out of the forest alive. Their fate remains unknown and I fear that they were consumed by the very plant they sought to study. I was lucky to have escaped with my life, but I am forever haunted by the horrors I witnessed. The plant was eventually destroyed, and the area where it was found was declared off-limits. 
The government deemed it too dangerous to be accessed by anyone, and it was sealed off permanently. But I know that the creature still lurks in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. It was created by the same experiments that produced the plant, and it will stop at nothing to protect its secrets. I often wonder what would have happened if we had never discovered that plant. Would we have remained safe, oblivious to the horrors that lurked in the shadows? Or was it always destined to be unleashed, to wreak havoc on the world? I may never know the answer, but one thing is for certain. That night in the forest changed me forever. It showed me that there are things in this world that we cannot control, things that are beyond our understanding. And it taught me to always be wary of the unknown, for it may be far more dangerous than we could ever imagine. This encounter happened many years ago when I was 15 years old. I only recently started reading information on the internet describing this creature and now have a desire to tell my story. This encounter happened at my grandparents' lake cabin, south of the town of Danbury, Wisconsin, east of Highway 35, around Devil's Lake. My background has always been the great outdoors, playing and exploring in the woods. During this time period, I was very comfortable going out by myself, for all-day adventures. On the night of this encounter, I had gone to sleep around 10 p.m. It was in the summer, so no school. This night was warm, so I had the bedroom window slightly cracked for some air circulation and to hear the crickets and outside noises. This always would put me to sleep every time because, like I said earlier, I was very comfortable in the woods, and nothing was out of the ordinary that night. Now at the time, my grandparents' bedroom was on the other side of the cabin. They also had a black Labrador Retriever that always slept in my room most of the time this fact will come into the story later on. I had fallen asleep like I always did at this cabin. Hours later I never knew exactly what time it was but it was late and everyone was asleep. I suddenly awoke feeling something was wrong. Being still groggy, the first thing I noticed was that nothing outside was making any noise at all. No crickets, frogs, whip poor wills, nothing but total silence. I held my breath for a minute, listening very intently, thinking that was very odd. I moved my head to see the door of the bedroom. The nightlight from the hallway was giving a slight glow, and I could see that my grandparents' dog was not laying in his normal spot on the floor or any place in my room. I guess maybe two, three minutes had passed, and then I heard it. A sound that to me sounded like a raccoon or some other animal scratching the outside of the cabin. This continued and my mind wondered what the heck could have been making that noise. It was still totally silent, except that scratching noise that began to move down the wall, closer to the window of the bedroom. So I turned my attention to the window. It was very dark outside, but I could still make out the slight silhouette of the trees and the branches up high. All at once, the scratching stopped. I strained to adjust my eyes, and that's when it stepped out of the shadows and blocked out the view of the trees. It was huge. No animal I knew of or could envision was standing in my view. I couldn't make out any features of its body, but I could see the distinct ears of a canine on a large head. Then I saw its eyes and was paralyzed with fear. It was hunched down looking in the window. Its eyes were a glowing amber color and blinked every 10 to 15 seconds. My mind was racing. Can it see me? What's it going to do? What am I going to do? A chill went down my spine. I could hear it breathing. It let out an exhale that was deep but not overly loud. Then it began to sniff the air. I could hear it clearly, only being around 10 to 12 feet away from it. About 30 seconds elapsed, which felt like forever to me, but looking back, it was not much time at all. 
The creature then began to show its teeth, almost like a grin of satisfaction that it had scared me so badly. Time stood still. Then it stood up, off its haunches, erect like a man, and walked off, away from the window, in the direction of the lake. I knew this was my chance. So I jumped out of bed, into the hallway, away from the window, and began to breathe heavy, because I think I held my breath for over two minutes. I looked into the living room and could see the dog standing totally still, in a rigid posture, hair standing on end, with a slight growl looking at the deck window. I turned to the hall closet and grabbed my 20 gauge shotgun and loaded it. It was only a single shot, but it was better than nothing, I thought to myself while I was trying to catch my breath. Then I realized if it wanted to come into the house, it could easily do it by breaking the glass on the deck patio. If it did that, I had no place to go, because I was trapped in between my bedroom and that patio window to my grandparents' room, where my grandfather had a deer rifle that I couldn't get to. I stood, waiting for around five minutes, and nothing happened. The dog seemed to calm down and walked over to me and sat down wanting to get his head scratched. I thought about waking up my grandparents and telling them what I had seen, but at the time, didn't think they would believe me. After all, I couldn't believe it myself, so I calmed down and went back into my bedroom, pulled the covers off the bed, and slept on the floor with the gun and dog, at the ready, in a half-sleep for the rest of the night. This encounter had scared me so bad, I didn't want to even get close to the window to close it all the way that night, for fear of that thing coming back. I waited until dawn before I closed and locked it. Once daylight was in full force, I went outside to see if I could find any scratches on the wall or anything else, like footprints. I didn't find anything at all and was starting to wonder if I was going crazy. No. That thing was real. I continued to sleep on the floor for around a week before I felt it was okay to sleep in my bed again, but that window stayed closed and locked ever since. I didn't have any other encounters with a dogman after that incident and the memory was put out of my mind over time until recently. I was reading encounters on your website and saw that two other people had an encounter in the same area as me. When I saw their encounters, I decided to share my experience. You don't know what true primal fear is until you see one of these things and are face to face with one. I never want to experience it again. During 2019, I ran my own ride service. Think of Lyft or Uber, not a promotion. That's what I did. I did not work for either of those companies. I did this on my own independently as a means to get some extra money on the side. Now that I look back on it, it was totally more of a social experiment than anything. I had presented myself and my vehicle information to all of the local police departments, as with the state police of my area. As so they knew who I was if I seemed suspicious driving around late at night in the different areas. They were on board with it, and so was I. And I began this short stint of a positive public service. That's where this begins. Aside from the occasional troublesome passenger, nothing out of the norm really happened. You know the saying, they only come out at night. This is very much true. I began this experiment in the late summer of 2018, and by February 2019, I was definitely deciding on putting an end to it. I don't remember this specific day, but it was mid-February, and after 2 a.m. It was very cold, if not at or below freezing. I was finishing up a route that typically consisted of those needing a ride home from a night at the bar. I didn't have many passengers that night, so I decided to wrap it up and head home. 
I was leaving a neighboring town that's only about two miles from my own, sitting at a stoplight in an intersection when this sudden impulse to take an alternate way home came over. A road that cut up over a hill through the woods and semi-circled back to the same highway, had I not gone that direction in the first place. I was tired, yet I debated with myself as to whether or not I should. I didn't have long until the light would turn green, and finally I said, expletive it. I chose to take the road that went straight instead of the usual one to the left. Why not? I do like a good little adventure now and then. There is where I made my mistake, to a degree. I crossed the highway and went up the hill, and I hadn't driven very far until I was met by a pair of glowing greenish-yellow eyes. First thought, dear. Naturally, I stop. I was no more than 30 feet from it when panic began to set in. It wasn't a deer. Whatever it was, it was lying on its side, looking up the hill. It turned its head to look at me. And that's when I thought it to be a large dog instead of a deer. It was solid black in color. And then it proceeded to sit up on its haunches very much like how a person would. At that point, I truthfully believed it to be some species of ape or large monkey. Let's pause. Whatever this thing was, it was very difficult to determine its shape despite the fact that my high beams were shining directly on it. It wasn't that it was amorphous. It was to the fact that it was blacker than the black of night. When it sat up on its haunches, it continued to alter its focus from looking up the hill to looking toward my car, back and forth, like I caught it by surprise. It then stood up on two feet when I got the best view of it. It was approximately six feet tall, built and shaped in every way a human man is. Head, neck, shoulders, arms, hands, torso, legs, and feet. It had no distinguishing features other than it looked like a living silhouette, or a person dressed in nothing but a solid one-piece black spandex bodysuit. I knew it couldn't be the latter. For what person would wear that in the freezing cold of mid-February? Don't answer that. There was no texture to its appearance. No hair, no horns, no fur. Just the blacker-than-night silhouette-like shape with the two glowing greenish-yellow eyes. It made no sound whatsoever, but looked as if it was deciding on what it wanted to do, since my sudden arrival to where it was. I saw this thing for a grand total of what I will guess to be between one and two minutes. It stood frozen in its stance before suddenly turning to the right, walking and stepping over a guardrail into the woods. My heart was racing. I was mortified. Despite this, I summoned the courage to drive to the very spot where it had been standing. One foot on the brake, the other on the gas. I rolled down my passenger side window to see if I would see it again, or hear it, or smell anything. Nothing. Not even the crack of a fallen branch or underbrush. Needless to say, I didn't stay there very long. I punched it up over the hill, covering all about an additional 100 feet when I am met by a second set of reflective eyes. Another expletive, I'm sure. I'm trapped. Either this thing has circled around to being in front of me again, or there's more than one. I know I'm not going to be the next one taken to my death, dragged off somewhere in the woods never to be seen again, so I give the gas pedal another punch. I'll either hit or run this thing over, or die trying. I come to a sudden stop in my realization that the second pair of reflective eyes is actually a person. A man roughly my age wearing glasses, toting a large laundry bag and basket. Quickly I roll my passenger window down again and give the man a rather fast-paced explanation of who I am, what I do, and why he should enter my vehicle. Sir, I don't mean to alarm you. My name is X. I offer rides for people who need them. The local police already know about me. This is not a trick or an attack. I'm not going to hurt you, 
but you are not safe right now. You need to get in my car immediately. Something to that effect, but spoken a lot faster than what you can probably read it. Without question, he nodded. Yes, I unlocked my doors. He loaded his laundry into the back seat, and we were off. After he was in my car, I proceeded to tell him what I had just seen moments before. He lost the color in his face, but was on the complete level of understanding the situation. He went on to tell me that he had finished doing his laundry, though I don't know what laundromat closes that late, and that he was walking to his home that wasn't far from where we were. He asked me what I saw a second time, and after listening he calmly offered that it could have been Bigfoot. I told him I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, it was watching him, studying him. That's when it sank into both of us. Had I not listened to my impulse to take another way home, who knows what that thing may have done to him on the dark, wooded road. The rest of the ride was silent. I dropped him off at his house, he unloaded his laundry, and thanked me. He offered me some money for the ride, but I declined it. I knew it wasn't right for me to take it considering what had happened. We parted ways, and I returned to my own home very much confused as to what I witnessed. Since then, people have told me I seen a shadow man, figure, a demon, a skinwalker, a slender man, a rake, a crawler, or an alien. More times than not, I still get the possible idea that it could have been a Sasquatch, or juvenile Sasquatch. I don't know, but I will go on to include that if I personally believed it to be one, knowing full well what one is, with all of the descriptions that entail. I would state that I thought it was a Bigfoot. I sometimes still take that road even though that happened four years ago, almost daring myself if I will or won't see that creature again. This happened to me in July this year, and I've been thinking about it constantly since. I'll try to sum up the experience as best I can, so I'm kind of a mentally ill weirdo, I have BPD and CPTSD, and I'm a 24-year-old girl who lives alone in the city, just minding my own business. I have a few friends, but I'm not close with my family. It's not unusual for me to go a few weeks or months without really seeing anyone besides co-workers, especially during a globalized pandemic. So I've just been doing my own thing. This encounter happened during one of those few week stretches of isolation. I'm only giving this bit of exposition so people can understand my psych history, as well as my mental state, etc. So start of July, I got this uncontrollable impulse to go camping and stargaze. I never go camping alone, haven't been in around four years, and had no camping shit whatsoever. But I wanted to go for some reason. So I researched some good dark sky spots in Utah, found a cute little campground about four hours into the desert, and reserved the last spot available for a week out from that day. I bought all my stuff the day before, and just drove out. I'm horrible at planning and time management, so by the time I arrived at the campground the sun was already going down. I also had forgotten my charger, and realized I had to make my 60% battery last until I could make it back to the city the next day. There was no service out there, so that seemed east enough. My entire goal was to chill in my hammock chair all night and stargaze anyway, so all I needed was some music for that. I specifically chose the night of a new moon for this, so I knew I had to get my tent set up and situated ASAP before the sun went down. There are a lot of others here, but most are families with kids getting ready for bed. Could hear parents reading scripture to their kids before bed, Mormons, and could see others reading on Kindles and stuff before sleeping. By the time everything is set up, it's about 10 p.m. Everyone almost at once turns their lights off and passes out, 
This really weirded me out at first because it was the perfect night for stargazing. I didn't see a single other person setting up a chair to stargaze any telescopes or even just someone outside of their tent looking up. Everyone was either already asleep or going to sleep. I gave it some more thought and figured they all probably just want to wake up before or with the sunrise because we are in the desert. Sleeping in wouldn't exactly be a pleasant experience when you're getting cooked alive, I imagine. I work night shift, so it's staying up was not an issue in the slightest bit. So at this point, the only people I can see that are awake are myself, this family at the campground vaguely near me reading scripture, and a whole mess of people at the bathroom. My tent is located at the far side of the campground, so to me left is nothing but desert and cliff. In front of me is the bathroom, about 100 feet or so away. Two other campgrounds, about 300 feet away, and more desert sky. To my right and behind me is the rest of the campground. There's another bathroom on the far side of the campground behind me to my right, which is probably around 700-900 feet away. These two bathrooms are the only source of any light in the campground, aside from a few people who are using their flashlights to come to and from the bathroom. Like I said earlier, I'm a weirdo. I won't deny that which makes honestly telling this story to others hard. So, my goal out here was to grieve, and to move on from a lot of loss I experienced a year ago. A lot of bad stuff happened in my life, and I lost a lot of loved ones as a result. Sometimes, a good mushroom trip will really help one find a lot of closure when it comes to grief, so that was my only goal this trip. I ate around 2 grams, and was coming up around 11pm. Now hear me out here. What kind of close encounter story can be believed when the person telling it was under the influence of a psychedelic, you might be asking? That's a good question, and I would say that being skeptical of a person's experience under the influence of such drugs is common sense. That being said, I want to say I have a gross amount of experience with psychedelics, some trips in even weirder and more isolated places than this. I've tripped on mushrooms easily dozens of times in my life, and on acid probably over a hundred times. I have kept tons of trip journals, have recordings from trips, etc. Never once has anything like this happened to me before or since. I have never seen things while tripping, have never interacted with entities, have never had thoughts or paranoia about something being there that's not. I always have the same trips, which is some textures get wavy, my emotions become full and bright, and I feel at peace in my mind for those few hours finally. That's it. I'm convinced that what happened to me in the desert was not a product of the drugs, but merely happened to me while I was tripping. It would have been the same had I not been on psychedelics. But that's just my opinion. I definitely do invite skepticism otherwise. So yeah, I'm coming up and am ready to stargaze. I gotta pee though, and all these people hanging out around the bathroom are making me nervous. No one else is awake that I can see now. No lights are on or tents open anywhere around me. The only people still awake are all over by the bathroom. I eventually cave and just head over and do my thing. No one bothered me or said anything to me luckily. I start walking back over to my chair, so my spot is pretty close to the bathroom. I can walk from the front of it in a straight line in the dark, and I will without fail hit my tent after about 25 seconds of walking. Because it's this easy, I don't bother whipping my flashlight out to get there. Plus, saving my phone battery for the drive out is still my priority anyway. I'm walking through the dark when I see the outline of my hammock chair and a person standing right next to it staring at it. I freeze and stare at them. I'm super confused as to why this person is in my camp spot, standing alone in the dark just staring at my chair. Maybe they are curious about it? 
I don't know. It's weird, AF. I wave at them, but they don't notice, so I move a little closer, and I guess the sound of my footsteps alerted them to my presence, cause they shot their head up towards me, took around three steps in my direction, backed up about six steps, flashed a bluish flashlight in my eyes, and fast walked away from me towards another person I hadn't noticed either standing in the dark around fifteen feet from us. The both stand next to each other shining their blue flashlights at their feet, and they both move around me towards the bathroom and disappear into the girls' restroom. Weird, right? I thought so, standing there all terrified like a dumb bitch. I rationalized that the first person must have been waiting for their friend to catch up or something. I sit down and finally put on some good music in my headphones and just melt into the beautiful show playing in the sky above. It's now around 11.30 to midnight, and there's still people messing around near the women's restroom. It's actually just really distracting at this point, and bugging me a lot because it's right in my line of sight. They just keep waving their flashlights around and coming in and out, but they never seem to go anywhere. They will walk out of the restroom, turn their lights off, and just walk into the dark without their lights to guide them. They usually will either walk behind the bathroom where I can't see them, or off to the left side into the dark where there are no camp spots. I notice someone is standing next to me. I tear my headphones out and shoot my head to my right. There is a silhouette of a person standing about seven feet from my chair. I am frozen and spooked pretty bad. They take around two or three steps towards me, then back up again around six, and walk around me and away into the dark with no flashlight away from me in the bathroom. Now I'm spooked. I don't think it's anything supernatural right now, but I definitely think it's some people up to no good. The nearest city is hundreds of miles away, and we are far from any civilization out here. If these were people trying to hurt me, they could do it rather easily. I stay in the chair for now, but I keep my headphones off so I can hear the environment around me. My head is now on a swivel, but I'm still trying my best to enjoy the night. Now it's midnight, and no one else is awake. No flashlights anywhere, no voices, nothing. All the bathroom people finally vanished, and it was just me awake as far as I could tell. With my headphones off, I started to notice sounds now. The sound of a jet somewhere near would come and go, flying around somewhere in the desert. I kept looking for its aircraft lights, but could never find them. This deep, almost physics-defying boom would occasionally shake the desert, but in a weird way. When I heard and felt it, I would feel my body tense and shake with it, and the air too, but never the ground. It's weird, because it sounded as if it was coming from the ground itself, not the air. I would hear what also sounded like laughter coming from the desert to my left, the portion of desert with no camp spots or people. I'm still at this point just chilling. I'm obviously starting to suspect some weird shit, but for the most part I'm chilling and enjoying the night. Then orbs in the sky. I practically shit myself when I saw this. Above one of the cliffs far out on the horizon, this little swarm of glowing orbs had appeared, and they were almost dancing around one another. I remember this moment very, very clearly. I remember seeing them, thinking, I can't explain that. What the F is that? There's nothing I could imagine could move like that, not even drones. I won't record this, I promise. It would ruin it, and I want to see it through. I remember thinking that last part very clearly out of nowhere, and thought it was weird how specific it was in my mind. I hadn't even thought to record it in the first place as I had just noticed it, but here I was, making a promise to myself that I wouldn't even try no matter what would happen. Another cluster of orbs appears in the sky to my right, 
and almost simultaneously the orbs to my left instantly shoot across the sky to join the other orbs. I start smiling like an idiot. This is it. The thing I have been staring at the sky looking for my whole life. The thing I stopped believing in for decades because I never saw it. I had let the world convince me that it was just as boring as it appeared and never once allowed myself to think it could actually be more than that. And the proof of that was finally staring me in the face. I had to keep checking in with myself being like, this isn't the shrooms, right? No, it's definitely not. I see that and I know I'm not hallucinating it. Probably went through that little personal questioning close to a dozen times over the course of the next few minutes. The jet sound comes back and it's much louder now. I can actually see the aircraft lights now, two flying directly overhead, but they aren't blinking like usual. They fly into this dark cloud in the sky I hadn't noticed before and vanish along with the jet's sound. The orbs continue playing around each other until they vanish too. All in all I'd say this lasted for like an hour. It's now around 1am and I really gotta pee. I obviously hold it as long as I can because I am witnessing the single most special thing I'll ever get to see right in front of my eyes, but eventually I break and just want to get it over with. So, I'm a trans woman. I wouldn't even bring that up if it didn't have some sort of relevancy to the story to be honest. I look and sound exactly like a girl. It's pretty much impossible for people to tell I'm not CIS and haven't been clocked in a long time, but I still have a penis. I'm out here in the desert on shrooms witnessing some high strangeness, but I still gotta be careful of what bathroom I use. Normally I would just use the girls, but those people I encountered earlier were still making me paranoid so I figured if worse comes to worse, I'd rather be caught in the men's in case there are some weirdos out here. I head in there and am doing my thing at the urinal as fast as possible. I zip down and start going. The moment I start the door to the restroom shoots the F open and some guy with short brown hair, around 5 feet 6, and a half sunken droopy face runs in eyes glued to the ground and barges into the stall next to me, shutting the door and doing his biz. The only word I could use to describe him was he looked sick. This obviously scares the F out of me. It's like 1am and I haven't seen another human being in a few hours and I just saw the light show in the sky and I'm a CIS looking girl peeing standing up at a urinal and I'm alone with this dude. He pees for no joke, three seconds. That's it. All that rush. All that urgency. For three seconds of tinkle time. Who does that? He spent the rest of his time in there slowly pulling out toilet paper from the roller for some reason. I'm a dumb bee and just held my bladder for way too long so I'm trying my best to just get it all out so I can leave, but it's taking forever. I finally finish, and for some reason go to wash my hands. I don't know why, it just felt like the right thing to do in the moment, Ulmao. The guy shoots out of the stall again, way to hard and fast, comes in right next to me at the sink, washes his hands for a total of two seconds, and leaves the bathroom as fast as he entered. I'm just kind of shook, but again, I'm trying to rationalize this. I just think he's probably tripping too, and the sight of some girl peeing at the urinal at 1am probably made him think I was an alien too. So I head out and back to my chair. The moment I sit down the lights in the bathroom I was just in shut off all at once. The lights in the girls bathroom and the boys. No one enters or leaves either. And now just a single tiny yellow bulb can be seen glowing above a park ranger's bulletin board on the side of the building. I sit down and almost kind of invite more weird shit to happen around me. The jets are back now and louder than before. There are orbs now huge ring around the campground pulsating and growing and then dimming, slowly drifting around. I'm terrified, but also I can't move. It's too cool to be honest. 
That's really the whole reason I didn't hide in my tent. Who the F in their right mind would listen to their instinct to run when you could see how far it could go? I hear weirder sounds coming from the desert. What sounds like shouting and a baby crying far, far away. The orbs reappear in the sky, and behind the trees next to my tent, it looks like the moon is shining through. But it's a new moon. It's now 2 a.m. The bathroom lights come back on, but only the lights in the men's restroom. The women's remain off, and I see no one come or go. At the point, the only thing that can be heard coming from my mouth the past little bit is, I'm a dumb bee. Why am I doing this? This is terrifying and I'm dumb for just letting it happen. I'm very aware of my desire to run and give in to the fear, but that is highly outweighed by my curiosity. At least it was. A person who comes from seemingly nowhere, with no flashlight on and no clear intention of direction walks in front of the bathroom and it's terrifying. Normally that ain't scary. It's just some person. But like this person was easily 10-13 feet tall. The bathroom itself was around 13 feet tallish, and this person walking in front's head was at mid-level with the top ventilation window. Though the crown of their head was taller than the building itself, they walked in front of the restroom and into the dark and I shot out of my chair. The only thing I said was, nope, nope, f nope, that's my line, f you, that's terrifying, nope, f nope, or something like that. As fast as I could, I ran into my tent and quickly zipped it up. There was no not running at this point. My sympathetic nervous system just oil over and was very adamant that I needed to hide. It's hard to describe what I felt, but it was the most primal fear I've ever felt. I have BPD and CPTSD so I am used to feeling a staggering amount of terror in my mind on a daily basis when my symptoms show up. But this was on a whole other level. It was like some deep animal part of me understood the moment I saw them that I was no longer at the top of the food chain. Another ultra predator much much smarter than me had just made itself known and my body was tending up like a wild animal at the sight of it. I felt truly humbled and small in that moment and knew I was outmatched. They were now outside of my tent and were scurrying non-circles around it. The sound of their footsteps gave way into the feeling of their voice playing side by side my own inner voice. This is where it gets hard to explain. We talked, but talking is not the right word for it. They communicate in pure concept and feeling, and it's so subtle and instantaneous it's hard to describe how obvious it is, while at the same time being so subtle as to almost be indistinguishable from your own thoughts or feelings. The things we talked about were rather personal, so I won't go into too much detail. I asked them about the jets, whether that was us, and if we are trying to find them. They said yes, I thought we aren't smart enough to find you guys. They said no, you are smart, you just aren't creative. They said they are scared of us too, but are much more aware of us than them. They want to know us more, but it's hard. Too much complication. It cited me running and hiding as proof. I said. That's natural. I'm still an animal with a nervous system hardwired towards survival. Something new and unknown is going to do that to people no matter how rational they try and stay. They said they liked me because I was honest about the fear. They were scared too. They want freedom, and they want that for us too. But they aren't quite sure what to do, or at least they wouldn't tell me. Whenever I would ask their name or why they were here, they would deliberately ignore me. They also seemed to get a kick out of messing with me also citing that as a reason for this. They did one thing that I really liked, and it was to show me they have always cared and always will. It's hard to describe the feeling they gave me, but it really was unconditional love. They called me family and kept expressing their love for me, and told me that I chose this. 
I didn't get that part all too well. When they said that to me, all these memories flooded in from my childhood, but I'm still struggling to draw any connections. After a while I of course had to pee again. I did, and nothing happened. I went back into my tent to eat some trail mix and to record an audio recording of what we just talked about so I could remember as much as possible, and noticed the time on my phone said something like 11am. My phone has never messed up like that before and changed the time on me. It was a little validating to see to be honest. It was very clearly the middle of the night, not 11am. I left the tent, and they messed with me some more. More orbs in the trees, lights going off in the bathroom, etc. Eventually 5am hit and they were gone. The sun came up, and I headed home. There's a lot of details I skipped over as this post is already way too long, but there you have it. Like I said, I don't expect anyone to believe me. I invite the skepticism honestly, as I was under the influence of a psychedelic substance. I do have to say, out of the hundreds of trips I've had, I've never experienced something like this before or since. I truly believe that these events happened, and that the drugs were not responsible for their inception whatsoever. What to take away from it? I don't know TP, be honest. It was amazing and I want to meet to meet them again. I am extremely humbled now. I believe in other beings again, and have this sense of family and home in myself I've never quite had before. Has anyone out there met them too? I'd love to hear your story if so, and to let you know you aren't alone in your experience. They are out there, and they do exist. While deer hunting in the Jefferson Wilderness area, I took a stand on top of an old big tree stump which stood approximately two feet in height. It gave me a good view of an old growth forest tree line approximately 100 yards in front of me, facing east. Between the tree line and myself was a clear cut. To my right side was a small hill with a ridge that extended up into the old growth forest. As I was standing on the stump with the sun setting, I still could make out antlers on a deer. I heard a loud burst of a whistle sound with a swirling pitch to my right side. As I looked to my right, approximately 75 yards away, midway up the hill stood a figure facing me, attempting to get my attention. I noticed it stood upright, with a large upper body and no visible neck. It was dark in color from head to foot. It stood approximately six, seven feet tall. I saw no detail. It was dusk. As I thought about the situation, I thought, it must mistake me for something else. I was wearing a black jacket with a hood over my head, dark pants, and being on that stump making me look seven, eight feet tall. Neither it or myself moved for about 15, 30 seconds could have been a little longer. Then fear hit me. I got off the stump with rifle in hand, carefully and slowly walking out back to my truck with nothing following me. I have hunted this area many times in the past and know it fairly well. Walking on that particular hill or its ridge makes far too much noise for a hunter due to all the small dead timbers, branches and bushes laying on the ground. Everything was quiet until this thing made that noise. I have been a hunter for over 20 years and know the wilderness and its sounds and its creatures very well. I've never had an experience like this. I told no one of what happened when I got back to camp. They would have teased me to no end. 